wanted the use of torture and killed families. Did your mama come from Mexico? Papa come from Palestine? Sticking all through Syria, crossing all the borderlines. Let down the people in. Listen to your women. Stop killing black children. Make America great again. Knock the crap out of them, would you? Let down the people in. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Listen to your women. been good to know you so long been good to know you so long it's been good to know you this dusty old dust is a blowing me home i've got to be rolling along that I lived on the West Texas Plains In the city of Tampa, the county of Gray Here's what all of the people there say Well, it's so long, it's been good to know you So long, it's been good to know you So long, it's been good to know you This dusty old dust is a-blowing me home I've got to be drifting along
Anyway, like I told you, the old dust storm hit there. These people all congregated in their little houses. And in the room in the house that I was in, there was 12 or 15 people, and while we was there, telling each other so long, it's been good to know you. Dusty old dust is uh, blowing me home, and I ain't got long to stay. I've got to be drifting along. Well, here's what happened. The telephone rang and it jumped off the wall. That was the preacher paying his call. He said, look at the shape that the world is in. I've got a cut price on salvation and sin. So long, been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. This dusty old dust is driving me home, and I've gotta be drifting along. The church houses were jammed and packed. People was sitting from front to the back. It was so dusty, the preacher couldn't read his text. So he folded his specs and he took up collections. That's so long, it's been good to know you. So long, been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. This dusty old dust is a rolling me home. Gotta be drifting along. El verso es una paloma que busca donde anidar. Está ya y abre sus alas para volar y
Welcome, mutineers. This is The Bee, and the show is Labor and Love Radio. Hoping you're having a good Saturday. Welcome. Thanks for coming to listen. We're coming at you from 2781 21st Street, Mutiny Radio. And we're bringing you Labor Labor news, labor opinion, labor history, you name it, all things labor. Remember, one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, a negotiating table where you work, you're on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who's not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. When I say labor, I mean you. So, welcome. What have we got for you today? No more Cousin Toms. The reason why when I made my labor cards, my deck of labor cards of famous labor leaders, I didn't include Samuel Gompers. A recent study claimed that some global bands engage in unethical purchasing practices in Bangladesh. Union membership rate has dropped to a historic low. It doesn't have to be that way. Not when 60 million workers would join a union if they could. Unionization increased by 200,000 in 2022. But why did the rate go down? Probably because more workers joined, entered the workplace than were unionized. Radio Labor, our worldwide labor, labor report. We got the Bituation Room. More justices expanding the court. Off the pole, onto the picket line. Why North Hollywood strippers are unionizing. Like that. Also, thoughts about King. Short story. Welcome to Labor and Love. Let's start out as we often do with our credos. Credos on this show. Um, we 
start out with our poem by Lawrence Ferlinghetti, and later on we're going to get into some poetry by Gary Snyder. Both these guys were associated with the beat movement in San Francisco in the 50s. Pity the Nation writes for them. Pity the Nation is people are sheep and whose shepherds mislead them. Pity the nation whose leaders are liars, whose sages are silent, and whose bigots haunt the airwaves. Pity the nation that raises not its voice except to praise conquerors and acclaim the bully as hero, and aims to rule the world by force and by force. Pity the nation that knows no other language but its own, no other culture but its own. Pity the nation whose breath is money, that sleeps the sleep of the too well-fed. Pity the nation. Oh, pity the people who allow their rights to erode and their freedoms to be washed away. In a country, tears of thee, sweet land of liberty. Robert Reich. Reminds us that the richest 1% own half of the stock market and the richest 10% own almost all of it, 92%. When people refer to the stock market as a barometer of how the nation's doing, they're not talking about the economy that 90% of us inhabit. Here's Utah Phillips on child labor and on labor education. Kids don't have a little brother working in the coal mine. They don't have a little sister coughing her lungs out in the looms of the big mill towns of the Northeast. Why? Because we organized. We broke the back of the sweatshops in this country. We have child labor laws. They were not benevolent gifts from enlightened management. They were fought for, they were bled for, and they were died for by working people, by people like us, by you and me. Kids ought to know that. That's why I sing these songs. That's why I tell these stories. Damn it, no root, no fruit. something we should keep in mind. The kids need to know about this. Where did all this come from? Where did, where did the weekend come from? Here's one about the rape laws. Rape and abortion laws. When the penalty for aborting after rape more severe than the penalty for rape, then you know it's a war on women. Duh. Well, you can get raped, but you can't in many states. 
abort the child, abort fetus, and might even be forced to let the rapist, rapist, visit the baby. Here's one. Can I tell you a secret? I don't even care if they're undocumented immigrants in this country. Without Social Security numbers, they aren't privy to the welfare people claim they get. vast majority of them are normal people trying to live a better life. Support the BS is just the 1% convincing you and me, the working poor, to blame a subset of the working poor for the fact that they're all poor. Instead of realizing the reason they're all poor is due to vast income inequality and resource price inflation in combination with wage stagnation. Please use your brains. The existence of another poor person is not why you're poor. It's because the people who control everything refuse to increase your wages. That's a good one. <laughs> So you're just not that into Well, I'm just not that into politics. Can we talk about something else? They say, I'm tired of talking about politics. Well, there's nothing we can do about it. Of course there is. So you're just not that into politics. Well, your boss is your landlord is, the insurance company is, and every day they use their political power to keep your pay low, raise your rent, and deny you coverage. Time to get into politics. That might be it. I think that's it for our credo. Okay, so those are the basics. If you're listening to Labor and Love, hopefully you agree with some or all of those things. They're pretty basic. And how do we get off saying that labor has to do with this political stuff? Well, of course. How much and how you work and how much you get paid for it and how much time you get off to live your life. Those are import very important things in this time here on Earth. So please, pay attention to politics. And at the base of all politics is labor. Okay, this is the B, and I wanted to tell you, we started out our set today with Pussy Riot and their video, music video that was made in 2016 upon the election of Donald Trump.
Make America Great Again. After that, the Woody Guthrie classic, So Long It's Been Good to Know Ya. We followed that up with Victor Jara, the Chileno, and his Canto Libre, Victor Jara, who musician, poet, cinematographer, who during the uh, coup, 1974, September 11th, who was arrested and taken and tortured in the Estadio, soccer field, murdered like so many other people. This song, Tanto Libre, was smuggled out of the stadium subsequently ordered. Okay. So how about radio labor? Worldwide labor request. On Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, January 27th, 2023. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, how transport unions are helping seafarer families in Ukraine. The International Day for Education and War. The Labor Start report about union events and singing. This is Radio Labor. When the war in Ukraine started in February 2022, thousands of seafarers were on their vessels away from their families. Immediately, the European Transport Workers Federation, the ETF, and the International Transport Workers Federation, the ITF, began to organize assistance. I talked to Jacqueline Smith about the role of the ETF and the ITF in Ukraine. Ms. Smith is the ITF's maritime coordinator. I reached her in her office in London. Ms. Smith, when the war in Ukraine started, many seafarers were on their vessels while their families were in cities being attacked by the Russian Federation. Do you have any idea how many Ukrainian seafarers were outside the country when all this started? Uh, Ukrainian seafarers are probably the fifth largest labor-providing country in the world. So I would say that they might have been around 20,000 to 50,000. That's a lot of people. There's a lot of seafarers. What did the ITF and unions do to help? The unions contacted us, and we tried to help evacuate the families from those areas that were under attack. So we quickly, together with ITF Seafarers Trust, organized logistics so that they could be bused away from those areas into safer areas and then later on fly out of the country to Romania. But there was also not Ukrainian seafarers, but international seafarers that were stuck on ships in Ukrainian ports. We had registered about 103 vessels that were stuck in Ukrainian ports, and that was about 1,500 
international seafarers, the seafarers from all over the world, India, Sri Lanka, Philippines, that we were trying to assist to leave the country at, at the same time. The ETF and the ITF established a fund to help transport workers in Ukraine. How much has been raised and what have the funds been used for? So originally it was the European Transport Workers Federation that established a fund and then the ITF decided to establish a fund as well. So it was logical for the two organizations to do a joint fund. And this was uh, agreed in April in, in 2022. And half of the money has come from the International Transport Federation. And the remainder has come from either the ETF or the affiliates. And it's about uh, 400,000 pounds has been, uh, has been raised and spent. And what we've used the funds for, first and foremost, because we established also an advisory board of the three UK Ukrainian affiliates. So uh, MTWTU, which is our seafarers affiliate, and then two rail affiliates. And each of the leaders in, in those unions were a member of the advisory board. And, and it was agreed that we would focus on humanitarian goods. So it would be food packages, uh, sanitary items, children's packages you know, with uh, drawing materials. It was also what they needed immediately. It was solar batteries, generators, water filters, waterproof socks, and heaters, especially coming into wintertime. How can unions and their members contribute to that fund? So we sent out circulars to the affiliates of where they can contribute the funds, that they can send that into a, a bank account in the ITF. We will be sending out again because uh, we have used the fund. We have used the money that we've raised so far, and that's been the intent of it. So we want to try to raise more. So that's our website, and we've also sent circulars to our affiliates. You attended a meeting held in Ukraine recently. One of the topics of that meeting was the children of transport workers. Tell us about that. What was decided? Well, often when we think of how what we can do to help in these types of warlike situations, we think about you know, the material needs. And one of the issues that was raised is the trauma that war has on children and the need to support them to work through that trauma and to be more positive about the future. So we were thinking about trying to see if in the future we could have retainers with children psychologists to help the, the children of transport workers work through that trauma that they've experienced. Your meeting, the one you held just recently, was held in Ukraine. Were you not worried? I think everyone gets worried when you talk about or even consider going into a country that you know is in war. At the same time, even though there's no guarantees, we knew that the unions would not take us to an area that was uh, under attack or occupied. So we flew into Budapest and drove just over the border to Ukraine. And at no given time did we ever feel insecure or exposed. So, yeah, I think just the thought of it made us worried. But the thought of being there and showing them solidarity and, and moral support was more important. Investing in education is the best option to bring peace. That is Johannes Benti, a member of the Executive Board of Education International. EI is the global union for teachers and other education workers. 
It supports education workers who are trying to bring free public quality education to students around the world. January 24th is the International Day for Education, a day set aside to remind people about the importance of education at the global level. For example, one of the ways teachers help promote peace is to support teachers caught in war zones, such as the one in Ethiopia. Ethiopia is a country in the Horn of Africa. In November 2020, the Ethiopian government began military operations in Tigray, a region in the north of the country. The fighting forced more than 2 million people to flee their homes and left at least 2.3 million in need of assistance. A fragile peace was established in November 2022. Here's Mr. Benti. The northern part of Ethiopia, there was a war um, that began in November 2020. Um, that has really affected a lot. Uh, schools were closed and, and some, some of them were destroyed. Um, uh, education was not conducted, so teachers are also affected. Um, the impact of the war was really huge. Um, not only schools, but also um, social services like health and others were really not serving, and uh, the impact was really huge. Investing in education is the, the best option um, to bring peace because peace education, I mean, I mean uh, supporting children learn about tolerance, coexistence, peace education, um, I mean, the value of education is enormous and uh, investing in education, investing in quality education uh, is the best remedy to bring peace. Uh, so, yeah, it's very important. Yeah, it's well researched, well discussed, and still we advocate for investment in education. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to coverage of the huge wave of strikes sweeping Europe. Workers walked off the job in, amongst other places, Greece, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Cyprus, the United Kingdom, France, Spain, Portugal, the Netherlands, and there were signs from Canada, at least, that the trend is spreading as workers around the world react to inflation and moves by governments and employers hoping to catch unions on the back foot after the pandemic. On our Working Women page, you will find a statement from the AFL-CIO, the United States' largest central labor body, in which it recommits itself to the right of women to control their own bodies. We also had news of yet another strike by the exclusively women rural development workers in India and progress in the campaign for menopause leave in the United Kingdom. Stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week included a study which concludes that an astonishing 83% of Irish retail workers have been subjected to harassment at work. We also covered claims that South African police are being targeted for assaults so that their firearms can be stolen and used to commit other crimes, and demands for justice for the 42 workers who died in a Turkish mine blast last October. Our current photo of the week is of just a few of the great many South Korean police who twice raided the offices of the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions last week. The raids are part of a pattern of judicial harassment by the right-wing president of the country. 
An astonishing 1,000 police officers have been assigned to investigate, if that's the right word, an alleged violation of the Korean National Security Act by union leaders. Labor Start hosts online solidarity actions at the request of unions around the world. This week, we'd like to highlight urgent appeals for online solidarity with trade unions in Belarus, Turkey, the Philippines, Canada, Myanmar, and Kazakhstan. If you can spare just a few seconds, you can do your part in these struggles by sending a solidarity message. Look for details of these and other campaigns on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is equality for you and me.
Quality for You and Me was produced by ITUC Asia Pacific and sung by Maggie Kadabak and Danny Kadabak. And that's it. community I've called home for 30 years is a rural community that's known fire and flood. And it's mostly clustered around a bay. Now the bay used to run a little bit further south, but it's silted up pretty much in most of its pasture land. So running along the south side of it is a levee with a road on it. And on the south side of the levee road is the home of a family called Love. And every once in a while, the, the water tries to reclaim that part of the bay and runs over the levee and floods. And even though over the years, the Love family has put their house up on posts. Sometimes they still have to jump on a rowboat and row away to dry terra firma. Regrettably also, the, the rising waters also seem to be a little bit too much like the rising costs of housing. Land and homes have gotten to a point where most people can't afford them. And unfortunately, I've had to watch uh, too many of my friends move away from the area because they couldn't afford to buy a home or rent anymore. So this is the Levy Road song. Oh, the water on the Levy Road, it rode. Oh, the water on the levee road, it rose. Oh, the water on the levee road, it rose. It rose so high, it put a tear in my eye. Oh, the water on the levee road, it rose. Inch by inch, the water rises slow. Inch by inch, the water rises slow. Inch by inch it rises slow. Me and my family gotta pack up and go. The water on a levee road it rose. The water rose and then it came in waves. The water rose and then it came in waves. The water rose and then it came in waves. So much came that the levee gave. Oh, the water on the levee road, it rose. 
The water rises like the price of land. The water rises like the price of land. We cannot afford to rent or buy. We gotta tell all our neighbors goodbye. Oh, the water on the levee road, it rose. Water rose from below and the water fell from above. Water rose from below and water fell from above. Water rose from below, water fell from above. Could not drown out the house of love. Oh, the water on a levee road, it rose. The water rises like the price of land. The water rises like the price of land. We cannot afford to rent or buy. We're gonna have to tell our neighbors goodbye. Oh, the water on the levee road, it rose.
Buster was a boy. I tagged along behind the gang and wore me corduroys. Everybody said I only did it to annoy, but I was gonna be an engineer. Mama told me, can't you be a lady? Your duty is to make me the mother of a pearl. Wait until you're older, dear, and maybe you'll be glad that you're a girl. A dainty as a dress and statue. Gentle as a Jersey cow, smooth as silk, gives creamy milk. Learn to coo, learn to moo. That's what you do to be a lady now. When I went to school, I learned to write and how to read some history, geography, and home economy. And typing is a skill that every girl is sure to need to while away the extra time until the time to breed. Then they had the nerve to say, but would you like to be? I says, I'm gonna be an engineer. No, you only need to learn to be a lady. The duty isn't yours for to try and run the world. An engineer could never have a baby. Remember, dear, that you're a girl. She's smart for a woman. I wonder how she got that way. You get no choice, you get no voice. Just stay mum, pretend you're dumb. And that's how you come to be a lady today. Then Jimmy come along and we set up a conjugation. We were busy every night, love and recreation. I spent the day at work so he could get his education. Well, now he's an engineer. He says, I know you'll always be a lady. It's the duty of my darling to love me all her life. Could an engineer look after or obey me? Remember, dear, that you're my wife. Well, as soon as Jimmy got a job, I began again. Then happy at me to it lay the year or so. And then the morning that the twins were born, Jimmy says to them, kids, your mother was an engineer. You owe it to the kids to be a lady. Dainty as a dish rag, faithful as a child. Stay at home, you got to mind the baby. Remember, you're a mother now. Well, every time I turn around, it's something else to do. It's cook a meal, mend the socks, sweep a floor or two. I listen in to Jimmy Young, it makes me want to spew. I was gonna be an engineer. Don't I really wish that I could be a lady? things that a lady's supposed to do i wouldn't even mind if only they would pay me and i could be a person too what price for a woman you could buy her for a ring of gold to love and obey without any pay you get a cook and a nurse for better or worse you don't need a purse when the lady is sold ah but now that times are harder and me jimmy's got the sack I went down to Vickers, they were glad to have me back, but I'm a third-class citizen, my wages tell me that, and I'm a first-class engineer. The boss, he says, we pay you as a lady. You only got the job, cause I can't afford a man. With you, I keep the profits highest, maybe. You're just a cheaper pair of hands. You got one fault, you're a woman. You're not worth the equal pay. A bitch or a tart, you're nothing but heart. Shallow and vain, you got no brain. You even go down the drain like a lady today. Well, I listened to my mother and I joined a typing pool. I listened to my lover and I put him through his school. 
But if I listen to the boss, I'm just a bloody fool and an underpaid engineer. I've been a sucker ever since I was a baby, as a daughter, as a wife, as a mother, and a dear. But I'll fight them as a woman, not a lady. Fight them as an engineer. was a long set. We had, uh, had our radio labor report, state of the worldwide labor movement, uh, concentrating on uh, Ukrainian sailors and shipmen, ship people who were Stranded outside of their country when uh, when uh, Russia invaded the Ukraine. By the way, Russia invading the Ukraine, it seems like uh, just off the top of your head, it's a fortuitous act. It just happened because Putin got mad? No. There's a definite background. And although it doesn't justify what Russia has done and is doing, there is a background to it. And that background, of course, is World War II, where 20 million, 20 million Russians died in the war against Germany. Civilians, soldiers, everybody, children. It was a savage war on both sides. And of course, after World War II, Stalin, leader of the Soviet Union, scurried to put buffer states between Russia and Germany. And there was a series of negotiations that went on all through what's called the Cold War, and one of those negotiations was that the Western powers, United States, France, England, whatever, whoever they are, would never try to get countries bordering on the Soviet Union to join NATO, Western Alliance. Well, of course, that's exactly what they've done. Putin is laboring under the idea that the U.S. promised him that Ukraine, for example, would never become a NATO country. In other words, one aligned with the West. There was evidently no treaty drawn up, but it was a handshake agreement corroborated by notes from U.S. diplomats that the U.S. had said there would never be an attempt to have NATO next to the Soviet Union. Soviet Union, that means Germany. When Germany was unified after World War II, after the Cold War, during the Cold War, that was one of the prerequisites 
Germany would become unified. Soviet Union would let that happen. And the U.S. would guarantee that no NATO country would ever be established ordering Russia. So, Mr. Putin right, of course not. The war is always wrong. And the Soviet Union, Russian now, Russian Federation, it's called, is fighting with those memories in, in mind, that savage war. 20 million people, Russian. Okay, what did we have there? We had radio labor, Ukrainian boat, boatmen, sailors. We had uh, equality, a song by uh, radio labor, equality for women. And we had uh, Charlie Morgan, brother Charlie Morgan. Love you, Charlie. Maybe uh, you heard his song about the rising prices of homes and lands, rents in Marin County. Beautiful slide guitar piece. Maybe you heard. And then John Coltrane, Nine Steps with Love Supreme. Finally, Peggy Seeger with her song about the limitations placed on someone just because she's a woman, wants to be an engineer. She gets sucked into low-wage labor, um, forced motherhood, all kinds of things that Okay, this is the B, and it's a little after 11 o'clock here on a Saturday morning, and you're tuned to, to Labor and Love Radio. And we've got some articles on the labor beat that I want to talk about a little. No more Cousin Toms. Okay. Now, I designed a set of labor cards under the auspices of Federation of Teachers, and in order to make labor education a little more uh, available to students and other people who wanted to learn about labor history, I designed a set of 30 labor cards with famous labor leaders, men, women, white, people of color, every, hopefully, you know, it's a lot of... Uh, was diverse, but I left out, I didn't put in Samuel Gompers, who was, after all, a major labor leader, one of the founders of the AFL, which to this day is the largest uh, rank-and-file union, association of unions in the U.S., one of the biggest in the world. And the reason people ask me, why'd you leave Gompers out? People are actually upset that I left Gompers out. 
And this is why. This is from Descent Magazine, winter 1963, by a writer named Paul Jacobs, who was a, a radical writer and ran for Senate, I believe, in the 60s, the late 60s. The sentiment of organized labor in the country is decidedly in favor of maintaining and encouraging the recognition of equality between colored and white workers. This is Gompers talking. Sounds like an enlightened view, huh? To the union of the trade belongs absolute jurisdiction in all matters connected with the trade. Now see there, he's denying what he first said. Generally speaking, yeah, we're for the... the uh, the equality of black and white workers. Yeah. However, if there's a problem with this, that that's trumped by using the Trump, sorry. The right of the trade union. The union of the trade belongs absolute jurisdiction. So yeah, sure, we're okay in, in terms of equality, but if it comes to a question, that's not an unalienable right. It depends on whether the union wants you or not. And he says, he continues, if the colored man continues to lend himself to the work of tearing down what the white man has built up, a race hatred far worse than any ever known will result. Oh, does that mean like shooting young men down on the street? Maybe, huh? Caucasian civilization will serve notice that its uplifting process is not to be interfered with in any way. So yeah, but yeah, we agree with equality yeah, of workers, yeah, yeah. But uh, if it comes to a question, it's the right of the union. And if blacks want to get in our way, will serve notice that it's not to be interfered with. So just because we don't allow uh, black workers, which by and large was the case, unions have a sad history of racism and bias against workers of color. We only have to look at the 1903 Organization of Workers in Oxnard by a union of Mexican and Japanese workers, but when they applied for membership in Gompers AFL, he said, yeah, okay, we'll take the Mexican workers, but not, never Japanese workers. Paul Jacobs writes, that same man, Samuel Gompers, wrote all three of these statements. Gompers, the AFL's founder, maintained that he was opposed to racial discrimination by unions, but accepted segregation as a necessary condition for organizing workers. And though he disapproved of excluding Negroes from unions, he believed that the absolute jurisdiction 
of the autonomous unions affiliated to the Federation included the right to carry out such policy. Then, goaded by the actions of Negroes who became strike-breakers, because only in that way could they get jobs normally controlled by the unions, Gompers would angrily lash out at them, failing to understand how deeply Negroes felt about organizations which in convention resolutions promised them the future while depriving them of the present. So this is kind of like official policy of the uh, big unions, big labor. There were plenty of other, like the IWW, who disapproved and, and in practice um, made equality between the races one of their credos. Paul Jacobs. Okay. Here's a study. Who would have guessed it? Study throws new light on unfair practices by global fashion brands in Bangladesh. Popular fashion brands such as H&M, Zara, and G Gap were engaging in unfair practices which affected workers and their livelihoods. Study published this month found that popular international fashion brands with factories in Bangladesh were involved in multiple unfair practices, such as paying suppliers below the cost of production, which had an impact on workers and their livelihoods. Study conducted by a British group, Impact of Global Retail's Unfair Practices. Professor, P Professor Pamela Abbott, a co-investigator of the study and director of the Center for Global Development at the University of Aberdeen, claimed that fashion brands were extracting their wealth from some of the world's poorest countries. Ready-made garment industry is Bangladesh's single biggest economic sector, accounting for 83% of the country's total export earnings. And these countries want to undercut them, these companies. This is on People's Dispatch. Check it out. Furthermore, Cheap fashion relies on cheap labor. There's a tweet. U.S. sanctions on RAB to be lifted soon. So the U.S. does have fa sanctions, but they're about to be lifted. Support transform trade. It's a tweet. Uh, Twitter account. And stop fashion brands from undermining garment workers' rights. I mean, we know all this, right? 
You can look on any article of clothing just about. Shirts, pants, undergarments. And you can see that they're made in Bangladesh or Belize or any one of a of tens of different countries. And you know in your heart that the workers were underpaid. And the reason is, okay, yeah, country companies want profit, but their businesses are impossible without oppressing workers. If they were to pay workers a living wage, they couldn't do business. The whole industry is based on poor workers. And yes, you are contributing to that. And I'm uh, contributing to it. Every time we put on one of those garments or when we go to the store and buy it, everybody knows that. And there have been some efforts at uh, doing something about it. Like I remember Michael Jordan was supposed to go to Asia and find out what was going on. Well, of course, we all know this is happening. Companies like Nike depend on, depend on poor workers, underpaid workers, oppressed workers to have a business at all. What's the solution? Stop buying from those companies. Spend a little extra money and buy something that's where workers are unionized or at least paid a fair wage. And on and on. Top fashion brands undermining garment workers' rights. Tell your congressperson Time to support fashion watchdogs. Fair and legal pay, safe working conditions, paid overtime. All these are rights often denied to garment workers because of the way big fashion brands treat their factories. Congress people are waking up to the need for greater regulation. U.S. fashion brands need your help. Transform trade is the name of the website. Union membership rate has reached an historic low. It doesn't have to be that way. This is on In These Times. A new report offers a grim look at the state of labor nationally. That's not the whole picture. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Nationwide decline in the percentage of wage and salary workers who are union members from 10.3% in 2021 to 10.1% in 2022. Lowest union membership rate on record since comparable data was first collected in 1903. 
1980. The annual report compiled with the use of current population survey leaves out what some labor advocates say is a critical piece of information. An estimated 60 million workers would vote to join a union if they could. The fact that millions of workers want to join a union and can't is a glaring testament to how broken U.S. labor law is. As the Economic Policy Institute. Not surprising that workers want a union. The advantages of unionization are well documented. Unionized workers have higher pay and better benefits on average than non-unionized workers. Unions help close racial, ethnic wage gaps and also improve the wealth and safety of work. Nineteen in 2022, more than 16 million workers in the United States were represented by a union, an increase of 200,000. At the same time, the share of workers represented by a union declined from 11.6 to 11.3. How is it possible that unionization levels increase but unionization rates decrease? The answer is easy. More groups, many more jobs were unionized, but non-union jobs grew at a faster rate. Of all major ethnic and racial groups, black workers continue to have the highest unionization rates at 12.8%, compared to 11.2 for white workers, 10.0 for Latinx workers and 9.2 for Asian American and Pacific Islander gap. Gender gap is small. Union, unionization rate for men is 11.6. And unionization rate for women is 11.0. States with the largest increases in the number of workers represented by unions in 2022 were Alabama, Maryland, Ohio, Texas, and California. Okay. Check it out. Economic Policy Institute, a website you can really trust to talk about the economy from the point of view of workers. Okay. Here's a case in point. Back in October, the Real News Network spoke to graduate student workers at prestigious Johns Hopkins University about the growing grassroots effort to unionize grad students 
under the banner of Teachers and Researchers United. Since then, the Union Drive has continued to build momentum after a supermajority of grad student workers signed union cards, an official date for a union election has now been established. Check it out. Eligible bargaining union members will cast their votes on whether or not to unionize and affiliate with the United Electrical, Radio, and Machine Workers on Monday, January 30th and Tuesday, January 31st. <clears throat> this election comes amid a wave of labor unions that are spreading throughout the world of higher education with recent and current strikes taking place at the University of California, and the new school in New York. And of course we know, <coughs> in retrospect, that the UC education workers have settled in a very successful labor action. They've got raises and and time off and, and things for them. 30% raise over five years, I believe. So, keep your eye on that. Johns Hopkins, a very prestigious U.S. university. It's now or never this. <coughs> Okay, well, put on some songs. I'm going to play one for a guy that I work. I had the good, <coughs> a good uh, fortune to work with. Um, I wrote a, a comic. A libretto, it's called, the words to a comic, and I sought out the renowned cartoonist, Spain Rodriguez, who illustrated. And one of Spain's favorite songs was this one, In the Still of the Night.
Has come in here to Which side are you on? Which side are you on? We're starting our good battle. We know we're sure to win because we've got the gun thugs a looking very thin. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? You go to Harlan County, there is no neutral there. You'll either be a union man or a thug for J.H. Blair. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? From all of you good workers, good news to you I'll tell of how the good old union has come in here to dwell. With the union till every battle's won. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? They say in Harlan County there are no neutrals there. You'll either be a union man or a thug for J.H. Blair. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Workers, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. 
Will you be a lousy scab or will you be a man? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Don't scab for the bosses, don't listen to their lies. Us poor folks haven't got a chance unless we organize. Which side are you on? 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 Ay, cómo la ven. Los primeros en morir en Irak, latinos. Pero que no nos quieren aquí, dicen. Chihuahua, cómo está la cosa. Vamos a ver. Dicen que los gringos son unos hombres muy valientes, por eso mandan latinos primerito para el frente. Y los ricos se presentan como gente muy patriota, por eso la clase obrera está en Irak calzando botas. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo, ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo, ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Por allá andan presumiendo sus aviones invisibles que sus bombas solo matan a soldados y a civiles. A Chihuahua, ¿cómo está eso? También dicen que sus bombas no se han dirigido mal, han caído en edificios y uno que otro hospital. Pero a mí no me crean. Lo que les digo, ahí tienen la tele como testigo, pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo, ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Y cuentan que los Hussein son unos hombres muy matones, pero cómo van las cosas, a Bush no le llegan ni a los talones. Otros dicen que la ONU se opuso a la invasión, no sabiendo esa señora que Bush era su patrón. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo, ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo, ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Ay, 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 CNN, Fox News, Univisión, todos dicen y dicen, y si lo dicen, por algo lo dicen, pero a la hora de la hora no sé ni lo que dicen, solo que otros dicen que esta guerra es ilegal, pero por nosotros ser gabachos, eso no se ve tan mal. Soy jornalero, disque ilegal, pero qué suerte la mía, si me voy para Irak. Bush me da ciudadanía. 
en la tumba, en la tumba. Ya con esta me despido de esta gran calamidad. Les deseo mucha suerte descubriendo la verdad. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo. Ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo. Ahí tienen la tele como testigo. La y la, la y la, la y la. Okay, I love that one. <clears throat> he started out with one of Spain's favorite songs, Still of the Night. One of his classic comic stories is uh, um, busting into a concert by the Five Satins and um, taking some seats and having an argument over seats and... <clears throat> But finally getting uh, to listen to the Five Satins sing this classic song, Still of the Night, which really, for me, <coughs> for Spain, it brings back a whole uh, era, 50s. I'm more child of the 60s. Spain, that was holy moment, I'm sure. Get down to your comic book store and buy some of Spain's work. One of the major graphic artists of the of that era. And then we had Florence Reese, the great Florence Reese, who was a wife of a coal miner, 19, early 1930s, that worked for the Blair Company. And they had a labor action. They had a, a strike for better working conditions and more money. And the company police, the goons, the, uh, as uh, Woody Guthrie's called them, the violent men. Have you heard of Vigil? Uh, they came to her house, looked for her husband. He he had to leave and flee. They turned the house upside down. And she sat down and wrote this song, Which Side Are You On? And uh, we fin Pete Seeger finished it off on that recording. And then Francisco Herrera, a real friend, a real friend of this station, this this uh, program, with his classic song, Amino Mecrean, don't take my word for it. The telly tells me everything I know, you know. They tell me that, uh, that uh, these raids are, are on military targets, but they're really on hospitals. And... Uh, George Bush says that if I go fight in Iraq, I'll get my uh, my um, citizenship papers. But don't take my word for it. The, the television tells me. And CNN. 
So, let's see. I wanted to read a poem. This poem by Gary Snyder. And the reason I want to read it is because it reminds us that the fights, our struggles, are all against the same, the very same forces. That is, if we're against capitalism, you know, we're against other other similar things that go right along with it. And one of them, of course, is you know, the spoiling of nature, the rape of the earth. But um, Hadrian. Here's labor history in two minutes. First MLK meeting. I wanted to say some stuff about King as well. Is labor history in two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1986. That was the first time Dr. Martin Luther King Day was observed as a national holiday. A powerful voice for civil rights, Dr. King was assassinated in 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee, while standing on the second floor of the Lorraine Motel. He was in Memphis standing up for the rights of black garbage collectors. Dr. King gave his life supporting those fighting for union recognition. Throughout his work as a civil rights leader, Dr. King spoke powerfully of the importance of unions. Addressing a group of Teamsters in 1967, he said, Union recognition meant the real beginning. Union meant strength, and recognition meant the employer's acknowledgement of that strength. Perhaps his most stirring reflections on the labor movement came in a speech he delivered to the AFL-CIO in Springfield, Illinois in 1965. King said the two most dynamic movements that reshaped the nation during the past three decades are the labor and civil rights movements. Our combined strength is potentially enormous. We have not used a fraction of it for our own good or for the need of society as a whole. If we make the war on poverty a total war, if we seek higher standards for all workers for an enriched life, we have the ability to accomplish it, and our nation has the ability to provide it. If our two movements unite their social pioneering initiative 30 years from now, people will look back on this day and honor those who had the vision to see the full possibilities of modern society and the courage to fight for their realization. On that day, the Brotherhood of Man, undergirded by economic security, will be a thrilling and creative reality. And this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 2000. Just after midnight, 600 police officers clashed with picketing longshoremen in Charleston, South Carolina. The port in Charleston ranked the fourth largest in the United States. While South Carolina is one of the states with the lowest union membership, the port is an exception. The picketers were predominantly African-Americans. 
They were represented by the International Longshoremen's Association, Local 1422 and 1771. That January, a Danish company, Nordana, announced they would unload their ships with non-union labor. The company had used union labor for more than two decades. 600 police were on hand to watch over 20 scabs brought in to unload the ships. The police force included helicopters and armored personnel vehicles. The longshoremen held a meeting to discuss their response. A picket of longshoremen was set up at the port. The police violently opposed the picket. They hurled gas grenades and racial epitaphs. They savagely beat Ken Riley, the president of Local 1422. Five union members were arrested and charged with felony rioting and faced five years in prison despite a lack of evidence. And they were placed under house arrest for more than a year. They became known as the Charleston Five. The South Carolina Attorney General vowed to make an example of these workers. He promised jail, jail, and more jail, and even going as far as comparing them to terrorists. The labor movement in South Carolina and beyond rallied to their defense. Yellow bumper stickers and billboards reading Free the Charleston Five could be spotted throughout the state. A plan developed to conduct actions at ports across the world to support these men and their right to picket. Faced with an outpouring of support, South Carolina reduced the charges to a misdemeanor and a $100 fine. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1986. That was the first time Dr. Martin Luther King Day was observed as a... I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1849. That was the birthday of U.S. labor leader Terence Powderly. Powderly was born the second youngest of 12 children to Irish immigrants in Carbondale, Pennsylvania. At the age of 14, he went to work for the Delaware and Hudson Railroad. In 1871, he joined the International Union of Machinists and Blacksmiths. Also involved in local politics, he was elected mayor of Scranton, Pennsylvania seven years later. Powderly is most well known for his leadership of the Knights of Labor. The Knights of Labor were a new kind of U.S. labor union in the late 1880s. They invited workers to join regardless of their trade or skill. They helped to lead the fight for the eight-hour day. In his autobiography, Powderly described why he was so committed to the labor movement, writing, Five men in the country controlled the chief interests of 500,000 working men and can at any moment take the means of livelihood from two and a half million souls. The goal of the Knights of Labor was to give voice to those half a million souls. By 1879, Powderly rose to become the Grand Master Workman, the highest leader of the Knights. Powderly was weary of strikes as a tactic for labor. Yet, despite these personal qualms, the Knights led several successful strikes under his leadership, including one against railroad tycoon Jay Gould. The Knights grew to represent 700,000 workers across the nation. But then, the Haymarket tragedy occurred when a bomb was thrown by an unknown assailant at a workers' rally in Chicago in 1886. In the aftermath of Haymarket, there was a national backlash against labor unions. The Knights bore the brunt as membership dropped by nearly 90%. Like what you hear? Check out more at laborhistoryin2.com. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1936. 
That was the day when 20 laborers who were part of the Civilian Conservation Corps got involved in a type of labor they probably never expected. The Civilian Conservation Corps was a program established by President Franklin Delano Roosevelt to get young men back to work during the Great Depression. The program employed men ages 18 to 26 to complete public works projects across the nation. CCC crews planted nearly 3 billion trees, constructed 470 fire towers, built 97,000 miles of fire roads, and constructed facilities at 800 parks across the nation. But snowy weather had groundwork to a halt in Allegheny County, Maryland. The men of Company 324 were at the 15-mile Creek camp waiting for the weather to clear. That's when they received a distress call. A woman was trapped due to the snow. She was in labor, but the three-mile-long access road where she lived was impassable. Even worse, the state's snowplows were busy digging out other roads. The men of the CCC answered the call. 20 volunteers shoveled the snow by hand, working well into the night so the trapped woman could make it to the hospital to deliver her baby. In total, 30,000 young men working in 200-man crews participated in the CCC in Maryland from 1933 to 1942. Due to its proximity to Washington, D.C., the state was designated the first poor area. The CCC men helped to build campgrounds, pavilions, and hiking and skiing trails that greatly enhanced the recreation landscape of that state. But for one woman, they were remembered for helping her when she needed it most during the birth of her child on a snowy day in January. Like what you hear? Check out more at laborhistoryin2.com. Okay, this is the B, and our time has come. Time is gone. Thank you very much to all those who tuned in completely or in part. And wish you a good week and good work. And remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. It's Labor and Love Radio. Please tune in next week, Saturday at 10 a.m. And we'll do the labor beat all over again. Right now, after our little breaker, Scott Walker. Hey. Flat black plastic.
your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Patrick Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic. In the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene, this all-ages open mic invites comedy. Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing 2 to $5 at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio studio and gallery performance space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. The best barbecue in San Francisco and free comedy? Come get messy with the sauce every Wednesday, 7 p.m. at Baby Blues Barbecue at 3149 Mission Street, just past Cesar Chavez. Hilarious Bay Area stand-up comics, amazing smoked meats, and $5 cans of standard deviant brew. This neighborhood gym is a bizarre and fun weekday night treat with free comedy to tickle your ribs. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. at Baby Blues Barbecue. Reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite to let us know you're coming to laugh. Hey kids, it's your pal Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. When I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino, I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck. And donate two to five dollars on. Hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses. The print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on. I'll, it's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value. And the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not, true entertainment has brought a 
us a savior in whosthatlive.com. Oh, finally, an escape from the apocalyptic nightmare I live in. You can go to whosthatlive.com and buy comedy tickets. And you're in a raffle, I guess. True, 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 true productions. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. Comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live. <laughs> 2781 21st Street. Come down. Be in the audience. Dog-friendly. Dog-friendly. We are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog-friendly. A dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. <laughs> 278 121st Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. FM. Here in SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed fest right here at the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we going to do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That, that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday. Or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine! And even in the drizzle, but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it west of Razor's Reservations on Eventbrite. Talking public schools. In a tri-level dual world of stand-up comedy. Laughter has value, and the unexpected laugh is priceless. Who is that live.com? Comedy local shows on sale now. Everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing. 
Who wants to focus on the genre of stand-up comedy and those that, who's that? Go to whoisthatlive.com for upcoming shows. Join us on a journey Radio Spivey Point, a small clipper ship drew toward land. Suddenly, out of the night, the fog rolled in. For a moment, they could see nothing, not a foot ahead of them. And then, 